Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. Pastor James is fired up and ready to preach. I hope you enjoy this sermon. empty this morning in any way, I believe God wants to fill you up. And we can be thankful for the empty cross and the empty tomb that will give us a full life. I'm reading from Luke chapter 23, verse 50. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man, who had not consented to their decision and action to put Jesus to death. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea. And he was waiting for the kingdom of God. And going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. And then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut out in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. How many know the cross is empty? Jesus is not still on the cross. The cross is empty. This is important for us to know. Because his death on the cross paid the price for our sin and gave us eternal life. But the cross is not the only thing that's not empty, that is empty now. Look at Luke 21, verse 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. The cross is empty. And the tomb is empty. The death of Jesus on the cross broke the power of sin. And the resurrection of Jesus from the tomb stopped the sting of death. A little boy and his father were driving down a country road on a beautiful spring afternoon. And suddenly, out of nowhere, a bumblebee flew into the car window. Since the little boy was deathly allergic to stings, he became petrified. But the father quickly reached out his hand, grabbed the bee and squeezed it, and then released it. But as soon as he let it go, the young son became frantic once again as the bee buzzed by the little boy. His father saw his panic-stricken face. And once again, the father reached out his hand, but this time he showed the little boy what was in his hand. And there, still stuck in the skin, was the stinger of the bee. Do you see this? He said, you don't need to be afraid anymore. I've taken this sting for you. And this is the message of Easter. We do not need to be afraid of death anymore. Christ faced death for us, and by his victory, we are saved from sin. Christ has taken the sting. Where, O death, is your sting? Christ has taken the stinger for us. He has risen, fear is gone, new life is ours. Amen. Amen. So the empty cross represents forgiveness. The empty tomb represents eternal life. And so this is the formula of this Easter. I've got an addition problem here we've got to solve together. I'm sorry if this takes you back to school. First of all, the empty cross plus the empty tomb equals a full life for you and me. Look at John 10, 10, Jesus' words. The thief, meaning Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now this word full in the Greek is parisos. And it means overflow, beyond measure, 
super abundant in quantity or superior in quality, exceedingly abundantly above. That's the life God wants for you and me. That is a full life. And I love how John 10.10 is translated in the Message Bible. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. That's God's promise for you and me. And so let's look at other verses in the Bible that use this same Greek word for full. First of all, this was after Jesus miraculously multiplied five loaves of bread and two fish to feed over 5,000 people. They only counted the men, so there had to be close to 10,000 people. Matthew 14, 20. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets fulls of broken pieces that were left over. There's the word, the same word for overflow, for full, left over. The empty cross and the empty tomb results in, number one, a life full of satisfaction. I'm sorry, Mick Jagger had it wrong. We can get satisfaction. But not in this life, not in this world. We can only find satisfaction in Jesus Christ. It's why he died and it's why he rose from the dead. Jesus satisfies our needs. Whatever your need is, Jesus has a supply to answer. And so we can rejoice in the empty cross and the empty tomb because we have a full life of satisfaction in Jesus Christ. Here is another verse with the same Greek root word. Luke 6:45 The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for out of the overflow there's that same Greek word out of the overflow of his heart his mouth speaks and so the empty cross plus the empty tomb equals number 2 a life full of goodness and you know in this day and age we need people that live for God in his goodness It's not wrong to be good. It's what God calls us to be. And this doesn't just mean average. It means to be with the Lord, to reflect his goodness. I mean, no matter what happens in life, God is still good. Even if we go through hard times, God is still good. And he wants us to live out that goodness in our life as well. All the goodness comes from God, not from ourselves. It comes from the Lord. And so the empty cross, the empty tomb show us the goodness of God. Another scripture with this same word for full is in Romans 5:15. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the for if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man Jesus Christ overflow to the many. Once again that same Greek word of fullness and superabundance. Because of the cross and the tomb that are empty, we have number three, a life full of grace. We are saved by God's amazing grace. We're not saved by being just perfect on our own because we can't be. We're not saved by our good deeds or our works, even though God calls us to do those things. We are saved by grace alone. We didn't earn our salvation. You can't do it on your own. It comes from God. And because Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, we have God's grace in our life to save us and set us free. Here is another verse 
on fullness. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow. I'm really into this overflow. So you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The empty cross and the empty tomb create this, a life full of hope, joy, and peace. And we see that that is a progression. When we hope in God, when we trust in him, he will give us joy. And when you have joy in your heart, you have peace in your mind. So we need to have hope. We need to stir up the hope in our hearts that Jesus is alive and he's coming again. And therefore, because of that hope, we have joy. We can rejoice. Just as the prophetic word said, we are to rejoice in the Lord. Whether we feel like it or not, we are to rejoice. And if we will rejoice, then God will give us the peace that passes all understanding. The peace that the whole world is looking for, we have in the empty tomb and the empty cross. So hope brings joy, and joy results in peace. Here's another same root word for fullness. Um, there's 10 of them, if you're wondering. But you're not, you, know, you don't worry about the pot roast. It's not going to burn. I'll get you out of here in time. That's back in the day where every Sunday you had pot roast. I, I grew up like that. 2 Corinthians 1.5. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. So here is a truth. Sometimes suffering flows over into our lives. This is part of living in a fallen world. It's part of living with broken people. There are hardships. Jesus said that in this world we'd have tribulation. We'd have difficulty. We'd have challenges. But aren't you glad he didn't put the period there? Because just as our suffering overflows, our grace, our his comfort overflows even more. God's comfort overflows our suffering. Jesus did not promise a problem-free life. That's not what a full life means. He said, I came to give you a full life. Well, that has some hard times and many more good times. A full life includes some suffering, as we all know. But if you didn't know the suffering from the world, how would you know the comfort of God? It's through that suffering that we come to know God in a unique way. And I will tell you, every trial and tribulation, every problem you face, if you bring it to God, he will reveal himself to you and you will know him more. And so the suffering flows, but the comfort overflows. Sometimes, however, we got to be honest, our suffering is self-inflicted. Isn't it true? Sometimes suffering doesn't come from life, but it comes from our own decisions. A few weeks ago, we were down in Ojai visiting our grandchildren, the grand twins, and we were on a walk. They go on a daily walk. Jolene's there during most of the week watching them. And so we were walking past this field where they had put a bunch of goats in the field. I guess this is a thing where you, instead of cut the grass, you let the the goats eat the grass. And so we were walking around this field that was surrounded by an electric fence to keep the goats out and to keep people like me out as well. Keep the goats in, keep me out. But there was, we came across this sign that said, danger, this is an electric fence, do not touch. Guess what I had to do? 
I'm sorry. And Jolene said, wait, wait, let me get a picture of this. We may win some money. How many hits can we get on social media? So I readied myself. I was all ready. And she was, had the camera just right. And I reached out and I grabbed it. And nothing happened. They were working on the fence and it's been turned off. The next day we went back and I'm sure the fence was on, but I, I am not going to push my luck, okay? I didn't want to have, to have her doing CPR in the field on me. So sometimes we grab the electric fence. Sometimes we bring suffering on ourselves, but I will tell you this, even in those times, if we will turn to God, even if we cause our own suffering, he will bring comfort in our life and forgiveness of our sins. Again, this same Greek word for overflow or fullness or abundance is found in 2 Corinthians 3.8. If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness The empty cross and the empty tomb result in number six, a life full of righteousness. Now, some people think that's that's hard to live righteously. No kidding. That's why it comes from God. But righteousness is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. And righteousness means right thinking, right feeling, and right living. Don't you want to feel right? Don't you want to think the right things, the truth, not the lies of the devil? Well, this is why the tomb is empty and the cross is empty, so that we could live in righteousness. We could live the right way. And I'm telling you, that's getting harder and harder to do in our day and age. But the light we will shine is by living for the Lord in righteousness. And so that's what the tomb and the cross do for us. The Greek word for full is also found in 2 Corinthians 415. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Because the cross and the tomb are empty, we live, number seven, a life full of thanksgiving. Amen? At least we should. How many know thanksgiving shouldn't just be one day a year? It should be every day in the life of a Christian. I want to challenge you every day of your life to say something to God that you're thankful for. Just one thing, the sunrise, your marriage, your children, whatever it may be, make it a daily habit to give thanks to God. And if you give thanks to God, he'll make your life full. There'll be a fullness in your life if you surrender to God and give him the glory for what he's done for you. Thankfulness, our thankfulness, you know how you'll know that you're thankful? Because thankfulness results in generosity. When we're thankful for what we have, what God has given us, we're willing to share with others. We're willing to give back to God and to his people. And sometimes that's a sacrifice. But that is that a thankful heart is a generous heart. And a generous person lives a full life. I'm telling you, you get around the most generous people, they'll be the happiest people you ever know. Because they've known, they've come to realize none of this is going to last. And so freely we've received, freely give. And so we should be looking for opportunities to be generous. If we're thankful, then we'll want to make others thankful as well. So I went to get my suit dry cleaned. Obviously, I'm not wearing one right now, but I had many funerals recently. 
And so I went to get my suit dry cleaned, and I go through the, the drive-up cleaners. You know, if I can avoid getting out of my car anytime, I will do it. And so I drove up to the drive-up drive cleaners, and I was waiting in line, and I saw the people in front of me give the girl that was coming to get the clothes a tip of money. And I thought, seriously? Does everybody have to be tipped? Do we tip the ushers, you know, I mean, what, what, to get you the best seat? Might try that. It may work. I'm not sure. The best seat is always in the very back because that's where, you know, I belong. I'm a back row Baptist back in the day. But. And so I'm thinking, I cannot believe that. Everybody gets a tip these days. And now I'm next in line. And so I thought, oh, I'm, I'm so obligated. So I, I look in my wallet. All I have is a 20 I was thinking a buck, you know, or maybe three bucks, one for each part of the suit. I guess it was only a two-piece suit. And, I, and so I've got just a moment. I'm grappling with myself. I can't give 20 bucks. So I pulled up, and I thought, oh, I've got to be generous. And so I made sure that I said, God bless you, <laughs> before I handed the 20 off. I wanted to know, I ain't doing this on my own. This is from God. And don't expect it next time. I will only drive with my wallet empty from here on out because there's tips everywhere. Now, I should, I should be more generous because my wife was a waitress and we lived on those tips. She'd come home, I'd say, honey, how much you make? How much you make? And so I should be more generous and the Lord's working on me. In addition, the same root word for full is found in 2 Corinthians 9.8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. The cross and the tomb are empty, which grants us, number eight, a life full of grace. We are filled with God's amazing grace. This word is all, the, the word for Fullness is also found in Philippians 4.12. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Now, that's new to some people, especially this next verse. This next verse, a lot of people know really well, but you've got to have both verses in here. Verse 13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Don't you love that? Man, I quote that before a golf game, you know, before a sermon, you know, before anything. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Maybe it doesn't apply in all those situations, but I will tell you this. The main context is in finances. When we say I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, it has to do with our finances and our giving heart. And the key is this. Due to an empty cross and an empty tomb, we can live, number nine, a life of contentment. Jesus said, a life is not based on the abundance of your possessions, but that's what the world teaches. I'm telling you what, you could have everything you ever wanted and still be unhappy and unsatisfied and discontent. Paul said, I've learned this secret. And it is a secret. Not very many people know it. I've learned the secret of being content, whether in plenty, that's, that's the overflow, that's the abundance. And, and God does bring that into our life. 
He brings blessing and financial freedom and all those things, wonderful gifts God brings into our life. But there are also seasons where it's more challenging and more difficult. Can we have the same attitude in both situations? Because what we really need is contentment. We need to be satisfied for what God has for us. Finally, see, I got there. Ten and the roast is not burned. Our last word for fullness and abundance is mentioned in 1 Thessalonians 3.12. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Because Jesus died and rose from the dead, we have number 10, a life full of love. The Bible says God is love. God doesn't just love. He is love. He is the definition of love. And and God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's what Easter is all about. It is the greatest expression of the love of God throughout history of all time because God gave his son Jesus and Jesus, out of love, willingly died for you and for me. Jesus paid the price for our sins because we can't. We can't pay that price. It's too great. And so that's why Jesus died. And that's why he rose from the game because this life is not all there is. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And Jesus came to give us heaven if we will only receive, if we will only believe. And so I ask you this morning, what speaks to you I believe there's something God wants you to take home with you and meditate on it. A life full of satisfaction. Have you struggled with satisfaction and contentment in your life? A life full of goodness. A life full of grace. A life full of hope, joy, and peace. A life full of comfort in our sorrows, in our suffering. A life full of righteousness, right living, right thinking, right feeling. A life full of thanksgiving. And finally, a life full of love. I want to give you a chance to know that you're going to heaven today. See, the question is, if we were to die today, do we know where we would go? Are we sure? Are we certain? If you want to be certain today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Because it's very simple. All we have to do is believe and receive. Believe in Jesus Christ and receive his love and forgiveness for our sins. So would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? I want to give you this private moment to believe and receive this gift, this fullness in your life. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you did at one time, but you know you've fallen away, you're not where you belong, I want you to know you're not here by accident. God brought you to this service. It may have been through a fan or guilt from a family member, but you're here, and God wanted you here. And so if you want to accept Christ or you want to return to the Lord, would you just raise your hand this morning? Just raise it up high so... I can see it. Yes. 
You can put your hands right back down. Hands all over the sanctuary. I want to thank you for raising your hand. That took courage. That took faith. You were willing to risk everything for God. And so now I want to lead you in a simple prayer so you can know that heaven belongs to you, that Jesus died for you and he rose from the dead. And I'm going to ask the other people in, this, in the sanctuary, the, the other Christians, would you join with me in this prayer? Let's pray together because we've got new members of the family today. So if you raised your hand and congregation join with me, would you just repeat this prayer? Dear Jesus, I believe. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you will give me heaven. Dear Jesus, I receive. I receive you into my heart and life. I receive a new life. And I receive eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says that the angels are throwing a party right now because of those that got saved. And I want, to th- I want you to think about this. In other churches around our community and in the whole world, people are giving their life to Jesus today, right here and around the world. And so if you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to take just a, another step, a small step. We'd like to know, because we wanna follow up with you and help you on your new journey. And so if you just take the card in front of you, you can fill that card out and just say that you gave your life to Christ today. Or we're going to have elders at the front. You can come forward and tell them, but you got to tell somebody. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we'll be saved. And so tell somebody today, hey, I became a Christian. I came back to the Lord. It's important that you do that. But we would love to follow up with you as well. Just want to share a few instructions before we close. If you're a visitor today or you've been coming a few times, but you haven't received your gift, we'd love to give you a gift today. All you have to do is go into this side side exit into the Blue Chapel. We've got refreshments there. We've got people there to welcome you. We'd love to get to know you better. Remember, there's no evening service tonight. Our annual business meeting is April 30th, three weeks from today. Elders, would you you begin to come at this time? Would you stand with me, church, everyone? And if you need prayer, these elders are up here to pray for you and to stand with you. If you need healing, if you need anything, God can supply. The altars are always open, and we just ask we keep our conversation to the foyer so that people can... Just worship the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. God bless you. You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, 
Check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com, or download our app from the App Store.